How's everybody today? Good. Thanks for having me back. If you don't know, my name's Dave, and it is uh, my privilege to be here today. So we are uh, excited to be back. I was here a couple weeks ago. We started a couple weeks ago talking about winning, and uh, I gave you some real deep theology two weeks ago. See, see if you remember it. Winning is better than... No, see, you already forgot. Winning is better than not winning. Now you say, wait, that's what we said. No, no, no. Right? I didn't say winning's better than losing. Nobody likes losing. But you know what's better than not winning? Winning. Right? See, you, you got some of you, you'll be at lunch today and you will figure that out. And you'll get that. See, the reality is, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, we talked about it. Sometimes that's how we evaluate life. We think, we think there's winning and there's losing. Well, there's not. There's also not winning. There's just making it. There's just going through the motions day to day. And we talked about that, that, that it's not just enough to, to not lose. You've also got to not, not win, right? It, it, you've got to be able to have a plan. You've got to define what winning looks like for you in every aspect of your life. What's winning look like in your, in your family? with your kids, with your spouse? What's it look like with your money? What's it look like in your job? What's it look like making it from Monday to Tuesday? Right, that everything you can define a win. Not just, hey, I didn't lose today. What's a win? What did you accomplish? And we talked a couple of weeks ago about the number one thing we do, it's our relationship with God. Right, that if we don't have a plan, if we don't know how we're gonna win as a follower of Jesus Christ, then we're not winning at anything. And, and then it begins there. Well, the second stage is very similar, and that's what we're going to talk about today, the idea of how do we win one-on-one? Because, see, here's the reality. You are called to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter if you're young or old, black or white, brown, yellow, whatever color, male, female, every single created being was called to have an individual, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's winning. But you know what you're called to do next? Help somebody else find that same relationship. And so if I'm going to win as an individual, I win by knowing Jesus Christ as my Savior. But if I'm going to win as a follower of Christ, I've got to help you know Jesus as your Savior as well. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this idea of winning one-on-one. Now, you guys know that terminology, right? We, we know what it means to win a game of one-on-one, right? It's you versus someone else, and you come out ahead. That's it. You win one-on-one. Well, see, in church, we've, we've kind of, uh, we fancied that up a little bit, right? So in church, we call it things like evangelism. Right? We, like, we like that word. That's a good church word. Lots of syllables, all those things. Right? And we like to give our testimony. And we, like to, and we do all these things. Here's the deal. You just got to win one-on-one. That's it. You've got to be able to tell your story to somebody else so it becomes part of their story. Now, you can do that, can't you? See, that's not intimidating. That's not overwhelming. You don't have to memorize anything. You just have to know your story well enough to help it become part of their story. That's what we're going to talk about today. Now, we're going to talk about it. We're going to look at a verse from the book of 1 Peter, okay? Now, I don't know what you know about the guy named Peter, but he's one of my favorites. 
Peter is one of my favorites because he was one of the disciples. He was the guy that right before Jesus left the earth, he said, Peter, you're my guy. Here's the keys to the kingdom. You're in charge. I'm going to put this on you. You're responsible for making sure all that I've done, right? Think of all that Jesus did in his three years of public ministry here on earth. Before he ascended, before he left the earth, he handed over the keys of the kingdom and said, Peter, you're my guy. I'm building all this on you. You're my rock, right? And even on you, not even the gates of hell will overcome it. Now, that sounds amazing. Peter's also the guy that denied Jesus three times. That when he was faced with a middle school girl in a courtyard, he cowered and said, nope, I don't know. Right? Peter lost that game of one-on-one. Peter did not win that day when he denied Jesus three times. And yet Jesus didn't give up. Right? Jesus kept coming back. He said, hey, Peter, I've got a plan for you. I've got a, pl- I've got a role for you. And here's the reality today. It doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you did yesterday or this morning. Doesn't matter what you're going to go do later. God has a plan for you. And our job is not to be perfect. Our job is to follow Him, it's to keep coming back. Even when we deny, even when we mess up, to keep stepping back into that role. That's what I love about Peter. Now, I also love about Peter was he was open mouth, insert foot. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who said the wrong thing so many times? And yet God kept letting him talk. And God let him be the spokesman for this movement of Christianity. Well, that's who Peter is. Well, Peter also wrote a book. And in 1 Peter 3, it says this. Listen to what he says. Super practical. Here's what we do. Here's how we win together one-on-one. Peter says in 1 Peter 3, verse 13, he says, Who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats and do not be frightened. And listen, when I, thought, when I think about sharing my faith, when I think about talking to other people about Jesus, it can be a little scary, can it? It can be a little overwhelming. You're not sure how they're going to respond. You're not sure if they want to hear what you have to say or not. You're not even sure if they believe in God. So it can be a little intimidating. But he says, don't, be, don't worry about it. You're doing good. Don't fear their threats. Don't be frightened. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And then look at what he says. Here's the instructions for me and you and how we win one-on-one. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You can be a lot of places right now, couldn't you? But you're right here. You're right here in contact. Now, you may be here for the food. You may be here for the babysitting. You may be here just to get into this cool AC that y'all have got cranked down. But you're here. And when you leave here today, there are going to be people that weren't here that might ask you, hey, why were you there today? Why do you go up there every Sunday? Why do you hang out with that old white-haired Babbitt guy? Right? Hey, they're going to ask you questions. And you know what Peter says? Peter says, hey, you want to win one-on-one? You want to win as a follower? Be prepared to tell them why. Just have a good reason. Know why. Know why you're there. Be prepared to revere Christ as Lord and give an answer of why you have hope. And then did you catch how we do it? Said, hey, 
Don't yell at them. Don't scream at them. This isn't beat them over the head with it. It's do this in gentleness and respect. So he says, listen, share from your heart. Just talk about why you've got hope, who Jesus is to you. Right? Because the idea is we're all called to have a personal relationship with Jesus, but we were never intended to have a private relationship with Jesus so that we can share from our heart just who we know Christ is. You don't have to have scripture memorized. You don't have to have deep theology about all the ins and outs and, and what's the Holy Trinity and how does Jesus walk on water and did Adam have a belly button and, right? You don't have to, you'll, you'll think about that one later. You'll wonder. You'll wonder to yourself, but you'll get that, right? But he says, listen, just, just share. Share from your heart who Christ is to you, right? And then he just simply says, listen, because if Christ is your Lord. Now, I, we got to pause right there, don't we? Because that's where it all starts, right? You leave here today and you can't say, yes, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Well, you're already not winning. And what do we say about not winning? You know what's better than not winning? Winning. So, you want to win? Well, you better walk out of here today being able to say, you know what? I want Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And that's the best part, because there's all kinds of ugly old hairy-legged boys up here that'll tell you exactly how to do it, right? Some of the girls' heads popped up. They're like, what? Hairy-legged boys. We would love to tell you how to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but that's where it starts. And then it says, just be prepared. Now, here's the thing about it. I'm going to give you some numbers. And then we'll get into the rest of this today. But did you know, all kinds of surveys, people far smarter than me and you out there, they do these surveys and they talk to Christians and I don't know if they go to churches and ask them these questions or what, but they ask all kinds of questions. And one of the questions they ask is, do you believe that Christians should tell other people about Jesus? Now here's the scary part about that. I would think that that would be 10 out of 10. The reality is it's 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10 people, 9 out of 10 Christians believe that they should tell other people about Jesus. Now, I don't know who that one is. You know, every family's got that one, but 9 out of 10. Now, here's the really scary number. That's that same group of people. How many of you do? Anybody want to guess? Two. Two out of 10. Two out of ten say, yes, I tell other people about Jesus Christ. That's a lot of not winning right there. You want to know why our world's hurting? You know why so many people are in addiction? You want to know why lives are falling apart? You want to know why parents are, are just at the wit's end with their kids? You want to know why kids are running around crazy? You want to know why schools and politics? And, listen, you name it, it all comes down to that number right there. It all comes down to this number that we are not winning. And we're not winning because we're not telling our story. We're not telling the story of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we've got to do. And so that's what I want to do today because I don't want us to not win anymore. Right? I'm tired of looking out there and seeing Satan get victory after victory after victory. And 9 out of 10 of God's people say, yeah, we should do better. And only 2 out of 10 doing something. Okay? So here's what we're going to do today. We're just going to talk about that for just a minute. We're going to talk about very simply, very practically, how do we win? How do we win in telling our story, in telling the story of Jesus? Now, before we get into how we win, I'm going to get into why we don't win a little bit, all right, just so that we can relate, because I know what you're thinking. 
thinking, ah, there's that kid from Jinx again. He just comes up here and just spouts some information at us. Then he goes home, and he doesn't know what, he doesn't know what we're talking about, right? Well, I understand it because I don't always win either. Do you know there's times when I don't share my story? There's times when I miss out on opportunities? Here's why we do it. See if any of these, I'm just talking to me, see if these sound any familiar to you or not. You know what? Sometimes I don't tell my story because I'm afraid I'm going to mess up. I don't tell people about Jesus because I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. Maybe I'm going to tell a story wrong. Do you know one time I preached a whole sermon about Peter and I called him Paul the whole time? True story. True story. Called him the wrong stinking name. Now I know why Ron just makes up names. Right? <laughs> Because you can't call people by the wrong name if you don't call them a real name anyway, right? So I might start doing that with Bible characters. I might just make up names for them and just go from there. But true story, I, listen, you know what? I didn't get struck with lightning. The church didn't burn down. And I think, I think people still met Jesus at some point, right? But I'm, I get a little fearful sometimes. I think ah, I'm just going to mess up. Somebody's going to ask me a question I don't know the answer to. They're going to start talking to me about dinosaurs and boats. And I don't know about either one of those things because we don't live near water and I've never seen a dinosaur, right? So what if somebody asks you a question you don't know? You know what you tell them? I don't know. And that's all right. Because God didn't say, hey, I need my people to have all the answers. You know what God said? I need my people to reflect me. I need my people to love how I love, to serve how I serve, to give how I give. And we can all do that. So we can't be afraid that we're going to mess up. Now, the other reason we don't, uh, we don't always win in this area is because, well, honestly, we've never actually tried. Right? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I want you to think about it. Have you ever actually talk to somebody about their faith in Jesus. And when I say talk to, I don't mean rant and rave about church and this, that, and the other, or sit in the living room while Ron or Kyler does it. I mean, have you ever asked people, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Have you ever sat down and had that conversation? Because if you've never tried, you don't know if you're any good at it or not, do you? And yet, it's the number one thing you were called to do. You're breathing today because God wants you to talk to somebody about him as your Lord and Savior. Here's reason number three. I just don't know how. I don't know how to do it. Right? And if I don't know how, I can't try because if I might mess up, might do it wrong, right? Now, I don't know. Maybe you've never had any of those things. Maybe you've never struggled in any of those areas. But those are three of the things that I struggled with for a really long time. Now, there are some guys who are just good at it, and I get that, and they're a little intimidating because they kind of fall out of bed, and they bump into somebody. They baptize them before they even get their breakfast in, and then they've had uh, built a whole church by lunch. That's not me, right? And maybe that's not you either. So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you a couple of tools in the short time we have on how you can do better at overcoming some of these fears of, I don't know, or maybe I answer it wrong, or things like that. Fair enough? Some quick, easy tools, and then you guys get to put it into practice this week. Sound good? Because that's the whole deal. It doesn't matter what we do here on Sundays if it doesn't look the same Monday through Saturday, all right? Take some ownership of your friends and your families so that you can share your story. Here's number one thing you got to do. Most important thing, more important than being right, is being 
real. More important than being right is being real. They don't care if you've got all the right answers if you're a jerk. Did you know that? I wear a shirt um, on the front right here. It says, be kind. And on the back, there's all these little pretty flowers. You know what it says right in the middle of the pretty flowers? It says, don't be a jerk. And it's hilarious because I got people all the time. They love to be kind. They see me come, they're like, oh, be kind. That's awesome. And then as I'm walking away, it says, don't be a jerk, but in flowers. <laughs> flowers is what gets them. Listen, nobody cares, do they? If you're mean, if you're rude, if you're hitting them over the head, they don't care if you've got all the right answers. But if you can be real, if you can be honest, remember what that verse in 1 Peter said? It said, be gentle, be compassionate, right? Listen, think about where you were before you met Jesus. You didn't need somebody with all the right answers, did you? You needed somebody that loved you. You need somebody to give you a place to belong. You need somebody to just show up and be real. You know why? That's why I come back, right? I come back. We, somebody asked me today, they said, Dave, why are you going up to contact? Don't you have eight trillion other things you could be doing today? I said, yeah, but I can't say no to that white-haired guy, right? Because every time I've needed somebody in my life to be real, he was there. And that's your job for the people in your life. It's to be real, to be honest, to show up and just be able to talk about the things, right? Don't be one of those Christians that has all the right answers. Be one of those friends who shows up and says, you know what? You're wrong, but I love you anyway. And here's how I'm going to help you. Here's, how I'm, here's where I was. When I was where you are, here's how I got out, right? Here's, here's the step I took. Here's where I went. Here's what I struggle with. Because you know the reality is we all struggle. There's not a single one of us that doesn't struggle with, with good days and bad days. There's not a one of us that doesn't struggle with sin. There's not a one of us that doesn't struggle with doing the right thing when we know it's right and doing the wrong thing when we know it's wrong. We all do it. So if we can be real as opposed to being right, we make a profound difference in people's lives. Be real. We don't just quote book, chapter, and verse. We show up and we live out our relationship with Jesus. We show up and we live out what he's doing with us. Another tool we've got to use comes straight from that verse where it says, be gentle and respectful, right? In other words, you've got to learn to listen. Let them talk. You want to impact somebody's life for Jesus? You want to help them develop their own personal faith story? You actually have to let them talk. And we don't always like that. We like to do the talking. That's why I wear a microphone. That's why I'm up here, because I like to do the talking. But sometimes you got to sit still and listen. Sometimes you've got to figure out where they are. Sometimes you've got to let them figure out where they are, because they may not even know. They just know they're looking. They know they're searching. And see, the reality of this is you know this because you've already been there. Because somebody did this for you. Somebody listened to your story. Somebody heard what you're going through. 
Somebody listen and let you talk out and understand. And they didn't come in and correct you and disrespect you and talk over you and rebuke you. You know what they did? They listened. Because they were gentle and they were respectful. Third thing you've got to do is you've got to be positioned for the disruption. Did you know that people that don't know Jesus have messy lives? You know that, don't you? So you got to be ready for that. you got to be willing. Think about Jesus and the disciples. Everywhere they went, everybody they encountered, every life they impacted, they didn't impact it because they showed up and they said, all right, everybody line up in these rows and sit this way and listen to this message, do these three things, and we'll get out of here by lunch and we'll all have some fish and breadsticks. They showed up and there was disruption. You've got to be willing to make room for the disruption. You say, well, I don't have time for that, Dave. I'm busy. Well, guess what? Jesus was busy too. Jesus had more to do in a shorter amount of time than any of us that could imagine. And yet Jesus took the time to sit and listen, to sit and wait, to let the friends dig a hole in the roof to drop their buddy down to be healed to sit and wait for the disciples to gather up the fish and the loaves so we could feed the 5,000. Jesus had time to stop and look around the crowd for the one lady who snuck up and touched the garment of his clothes so that she could be healed. Jesus had time for the disruption. Can I tell you, if you're going to win in life, make room for disruption. Because there is nothing you've got going on more important than helping someone meet Jesus Christ. So slow down. Slow down and make room. Let them, let, let them just learn to trust you. Find, they'll find that gentleness, they'll find that respect, and they'll lean in to you. You become a safe place for them to share about their struggles, about what they're going through. All right, one more. It's really three of them, but we're going to combine them all into one. Ready? Notice them, tell them, and ask them. So you've got to see them. You've got to see people the way Jesus sees people. Not that annoying neighbor, not that man, woman in the family, not that kid that's just always banging on my door, not just, you've got to see what Jesus sees. We've got to start looking at people as souls. And we've got to see what Jesus sees, and then we've got to tell them, right? We've got to open our mouth, and we've got to tell them what Jesus has done for us. Because how are they going to know otherwise? How are they going to know what Jesus could do for them if we're not able to tell them what Jesus has done for us? We've got to be able to tell them. So we notice them, we tell them, and then we ask them. And we ask them, hey, what's your story? What's your story? What's Jesus done for you? Do you know Jesus? Do you have a faith? Right? You just ask them. You ask them those questions. Or maybe it starts super simple. Hey, what are you struggling with? How can I pray for you? You notice them. You tell them. You ask them. So that's it. That's, that's how you win one-on-one. That's how you share your faith story. Right? And if you don't know, you want something a little fancier, a little more formal than that, I tell everybody there's three secret ingredients, right? Three things to tell your story, to tell your faith story. 
what was your what was your life like before you met Jesus? Right? Everybody should have an answer to that one. Before I met Jesus, my life was. Now, some of you are living that one. Some of you are in the middle of that. Some of you haven't. You've not actually met Jesus. You've heard about him. You've been in the same room with some other people that know him, right? But you don't know him personally. What was your life like or what is your life like right now before meeting Jesus? But secondly, how'd you meet him? If you met him, how'd you meet him, right? Here's the thing I know to be true. I know how I met everybody I ever met. That's, that's deep right there. You think about that one. I know how I met everybody I've ever met. How'd you meet Jesus? You, you didn't just bump into him. Y'all didn't just happen to be in the same room. How'd you meet him? What was your life like before Jesus? How did you meet him? And how has your life changed since you met Jesus? Here's what I know to be true. We all like to talk about ourselves. There's not a single person here doesn't like to talk about themselves. You'll say you don't, but right up until you get a conversation started, and then you won't shut up, right? I know it's true. You know it's true. And here's the reality. Any of these folks sitting around here with gray hair and grandkids, they're the worst because they don't just want to talk about them. They want to talk about their kids and their grandkids too. See, now you've got to listen to like three generations of stories, right? But we love it. We love talking about ourselves. We love talking about our family. Well, guess what? Talk about your buddy Jesus. Hey, you know what my life was like before I met him? Man, I was a sorry sack of potato skins. I didn't know that. Before I met Jesus, I was hanging out in that bar. I was spending time with that girl. I was doing this. I was doing that. But then one day, me and Jesus met. And maybe you've got a great Jesus meet story, right? I mean, some of these guys in the Bible had amazing ones. Paul was Saul. He was killing Christians. And then a bright light, and he's blinded for a few days and drug around town and then stashed in a room. And then Jesus shows up, and then he can see, gets a different name, and now all of a sudden he's number one Christian. That's a pretty good How I Met Jesus story, right? Some of you, it was, I was in jail. Some of you, it was, I was at rock bottom. Some of you, it was, I was at church and had gone to church my whole life. There's no bad way to meet Jesus, but know how you met him. And then, ever since I met him, whoo, man, my life's been better. I haven't been easy. Still ups and downs, still struggle with addiction, still struggle with my past, still got all these different things I've got going. But man, can I tell you how much better life is now that I have hope? Now that I have a promise? Now that I don't have to do it alone, now that I've got somebody that I know is out there looking out for me and leading the way, and he loves me so much, he's made a path for me, that he's going to help me find eternal life, that he saved me, he's forgiven me, he loves me, even though I'm not lovable. See, that's it. That's your story. So that's it. You want to win one-on-one? You got to meet Jesus. And then you got to know who you were before you met him, how you met him, and how life's changed since. Here's the other thing I know. You're here today because somebody told you about Jesus. Amen. Think about that. There's not a person in this room who's here because somebody told you about Jesus. Every one of us. Every one of us. So, who's your one? Who's the one person you can go tell this week 
about Jesus. Because if you're going to win, you got to go tell. So here's the invitation, and I'm done. Because I can, I can keep going with this all day, and eventually y'all are going to want lunch and all those things. If you've never met Jesus, you got no reason to go home today with that still being true about you. Because he's here, and he's here for you. And he loves you, he died for you, and he'll do anything in the world to get you into a relationship with him. And we'll help you figure out how. But if you've already met Jesus, there's no reason you come back here next week without telling everybody you know about him. Because now I've told you how. You can mess it up, and God will figure it out anyway. You can get all the ingredients wrong, and you'll still get a cake out of the deal. Right? And I told you what you tell. Here's who I was before I met Jesus. Here's how I met him. Here's how my life changed. Okay? That's your invitation. Either come and meet Jesus or leave here and go and tell others about who Jesus is to you. All right? That's my challenge. Let's make next week look better than this week because we went out and we won this week. You want to win? Winning's better than not winning. Let's go and tell some folks about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Let me pray over you and then I'm done. Heavenly Father, God, I love you so much. And, and we don't win in anything in life without you. And God, I look around this room and I see men and women who love you. And I see men and women who aren't so sure about you. And God, I know that you love every single one of us the exact same. There's nobody better, nobody worse. You love us with all that you are because that's who you are. You don't love us because we're lovable. You love us because you are love. God, I thank you so much for Jesus. And I know how messed up my life was before I met him. I know how I still struggle even after I met him, but God, the day I met him and received him as my Lord and Savior, the day I was baptized is a day I'll never forget. God, the day after day after day that you show up and walk with me, God, forgive me the days where I don't, I don't go out and win. I don't go out and tell other people about you. God, forgive me for those days, but God, make every day a new opportunity to see others as you see them. And tell them how much you love them. So God, if there's anybody in this room today that doesn't know who you are, that's never met you, that doesn't know you love them, God, would you not let them leave here today without figuring that out? And if you can use somebody like me, God, just use me however. But we do it all for your glory, for the world's good, and for our joy. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.